0: Yo, what's good?
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Countercurrents podcast for that ass.
1: (laughs) That's right. We are back.
0: Episode four.
1: It is June 9th.
0: That's right. We have no guests. We're doing it old school.
1: It's true. We will have guests soon, though. We will. But today, it's just the two of us talking about what's going on this week. We
0: can make it if we try. (laughs) So.
1: Just. Okay, I won't do that. (laughs) That's
0: all right. You can do it because, you know, I'm feeling that fucking good. I feel like I'm just going to put my goddamn feet up on this coffee table and celebrate the Washington Capitals somehow.
1: It is a big week here in D.C. It's been 40 years. Yeah, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, and D.C. hasn't won anything up until now. No, no, we've won shit. We won the Super Bowl in
0: 1982 and 87 and 91. We have three rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you wouldn't know it moving into this country and seeing our fucking team now. But yeah, I thought the 27 Redskins- years ago, wow. but we were the sucking Super Bowl champions.
1: Wow. I thought the Redskins hadn't won since like the 50s. No, <laughs> that's the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they just got their thing. But that used to be our counter rebuttal for the last season tickets worth of like 50 years. Me and my buddies, not 50, fucking 15. Me and my buddies would go to FedEx field and any time we played the Eagles, you know, they're kicking our ass but we're chatting back
1: no rings no rings no rings well so much for that
0: yeah <laughs> now we go 3-1 three, 3-1 one, three, one.
1: oh there you go there you go the Redskins are such a disappointing team and people love them like Fuck I've only yeah. lived in D.C. two years uh, well, but the passion people have for the Redskins is so impressive and it is you and can it is predict it. the games every time it's, well, it, so, it's You can't. Really sad it's just like it's masochistic gonna, yeah they're gonna like start winning yeah And be ahead, and then in the last moment, just choke.
0: Right. And let me just say, as a lifelong Redskins fan who's lived here his entire life, if you'd been around for those other bowls and shit, you would totally understand how we were absorbed and obsessed with our team from a young age, and henceforth, you know, growing up, you stick with them, you know, or you don't. And that's where you're also a little bit off base on the thing about Passion. It seems really passionate because we suck so much dick, yeah. And like we, there's still a lot of people wearing our shit around, and I'm yeah. one of them. However. <laughs> There's a bunch of strains of, like, Cowboys fans. There's a huge Cowboys allegiance in this city. and really? that's Oh, yeah. That's due to racism. That is our fault because, see, the former owner of the Redskins back in the day, George Allen, whose son, you know, was the, I believe, governor of Virginia at one point. He was going to run for president, and then he called, I believe, an Indian reporter like Makaka or some shit like that during mm-hmm. a press conference, and then he was just... His career was done from then on. Uh, his father had pretty much said, yo, we don't want black people like on the team. We don't want them what? in the audience or nothing like that. It's fucked up. So therefore, a lot of black people in this city said, hey, we're going to go with the fucking Cowboys. We'll you know who for else the, the Cowboys? Who?
1: Mexicans. No Mexico, shit. Yeah, football, American football in Mexico is a huge thing. As in, they will play games in movie theaters. So that people can go to the movie theater and see it on the big screen. That's because everybody gambles on it. Yeah, yeah. But the Dallas Cowboys is like the most popular team in Mexico. Like, you go around Mexico City and there's all kinds of people wearing Cowboys gear all the time, oh, even though man. the reason has nothing to do with racism. It's just gambling. And I think they're just like the cl- geographically the closest yeah, large proximity. yeah, <laughs> to us.
0: But sometimes it can be kind of like an ethnic identification. Like, do you think a lot of like the Rancheros there see themselves as kind of like symbolic Cowboys of a sort? And before you. You say that sounds ridiculous. Let me give you this thing. So in regards to the controversy that goes on constantly about the Redskins name and if they're gonna change it or not, if it's racist, one counterpoint you'll hear a lot in that argument is that if you go out to Native American reservations throughout the country, a lot of the kids wear those red skin starter jackets Do and they stuff really? oh yeah they fucking love it they think it's like a badass thing you know um and therefore you know who's to say who you know if most the uh, most native americans take it as like a slur a thing of disrespect or if they think of it as a thing of pride i don't know i think probably most in the middle don't give a shit but i really don't No. And Mm -hmm. I think this not knowing is what kind of keeps the lag on whether or not people are going to change it or do anything about it or what.
1: I feel like it has a lot to do with saving money on merchandise because there's so much merchandise out there already that says Redskin stuff that that's why they won't change it at the end of the day. I think it's a money thing. Well, I think, I
0: don't know, because I think people would still buy it. Because if you think about it, all sports merchandise, as much as I love it, is a giant waste of fucking money.
1: It is, but people spend a lot of money on that stuff. They fucking do,
0: and you'd think they still will if they fucking change the name. I think maybe for like a season, some people won't make, fuck that, you know, fuck that shit, man. But people buy Wizards gear, and for a long time, the Wizards, I mean. It's not only a shitty logo, but it's also just like it was badly done for so long it was the right. ugliest fucking colors. And they had to go back to the original bullets colors, but keep the Wizards name in a mm-hmm. kind of sucker move just to like sell more shit. But people kind of got with the program, too. And was like, all right, fine. You know, We want to celebrate our team, our thing. So we'll just fucking pay because of the proximity to have a winner. Like I'm hearing kids. I didn't know that many black kids at all that liked fucking hockey growing up. They never gave a shit about the capitals. Right. And now that we're fucking winning and everything, Right. like it's I heard easy a kid at the Wendy's bandwagon. the other day talking about, like, oh, yeah, man, the motherfucking capitals, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? The Redskins ain't going to win a shit. Motherfucking, you know, the Nationals ain't shit. You know, they some pussies, whatever. So, man, yeah, hockey. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> it sounded bizarre, but like, That's where it is.
1: I guess that makes sense. I mean, you have a winning team from your city. Right. Maybe you're going to jump on that bandwagon. Well, fuck yeah. You know?
0: I mean, I don't even be watching that much hockey like that, but, you know... When they start killing shit, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's watch the playoffs and let's do
1: this. I've had to watch a lot lately. My husband is a huge hockey fan. He actually got on a plane and went to Vegas to go to the game and everything. Good for him. He, they won on Monday, and he was like, I'm going. And he went with, a, with like, 20 guys that he grew up with. Dude, I hope one day I have the
0: fucking indisposable income to just jump up and go to a championship game in another city that's, like, uber fucking expensive oh well he I'm got to he got to bill it to work
1: because he did it with his boss and all his work people even that so they got to expense it as was like a work Dude. thing yeah they Man. all got together <sighs> and made that choice no no are you kidding if not that's insane
0: well even better to have a job where i can bill something like that to work <laughs> jesus christ that's great <laughs> Well, so, yeah, so they won. It was a glorious uh, game the other night, you know. It, it was.
1: It was a great game. Yeah. It was a great game. DC went crazy. We
0: fucking did. I stayed uptown because I was like, I, that's as much as crazy as I want to deal with. I don't need to be downtown with all these people jumping around. And
1: yeah, I actually did comedy during most of the game. Really? Yeah. And then, Dedication. and believe it or not, they were people. Dedication. Uh, yeah, yeah, guys, that's how you know. That's how you know it's passion. Mm-hmm. No, I really don't care that much about hockey. That's <laughs> If it was during a World Cup soccer game, that's different. Oh,
0: really? I didn't know you had a big hard-on for that.
1: Oh, yeah, big okay. time. Okay. Big time. Right. Like, that starts next week, by the way. And that's the only— oh, shit. I'm, I'm always a soccer fan, especially for Spanish soccer. Right. Real Madrid is my team. Okay. And I follow them pretty closely, but where I get really crazy is every four years during World Cup. Mm-hmm. It's for one month. It's you know every country against each other. I go for Spain and I go for Mexico, and I'm so excited. It starts next week. I gamble on it. Am I allowed to say it? Should I not say yeah, that? Yeah, say okay. it. Okay, yeah, I gamble on the games, but I do like how pools. many racks
0: you drop, for gambling.
1: Oh, how many is it? Money yeah. is that Ra- what you mean rack by racks? A rack is like a
0: thousand dollars.
1: Oh, n- not even a thousand dollars. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I have way too much anxiety to gamble like serious money. Okay, it's no, like I 100. gamble. I gamble in. This is this is how okay. how pussy my gambling is. All right. I gamble in Mexican pesos it's with cool. a huge group of people all in right. Mexico City, where we all wire like two hundred pesos, which is like twenty dollars. Oh wow! But it's like a hundred people that everybody wires like twenty dollars into this account, mm-hmm. and then you fill out this huge bracket over what team you're going to win, and then whoever wins with that many people, it ends up being like a kind of serious pot, especially in mm-hmm. pesos.
0: Yeah. Won a few hundred I, bucks on like March Madness, doing that. There you over go. The years, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's really fun. And anyway, that starts next week. I'm very excited. Yeah, like I'm getting my jerseys out. And there's bars all around D.C. where you can watch a game. Mm-hmm. Oh all yeah, these international people come out the woodwork. The it's Lucky great.
0: Bar, that's the big one, across from uh, Public. In um, and is it Public still? Maybe it isn't. Down Dupont, where Club Five used to be.
1: I don't. You, I don't have old school DC knowledge right, like right, you do. Right, 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 right. I'm no, a I, know.
0: I just haven't seen the most recent incarnation of Public, which you know was a bar about four years ago, maybe even. It was still popping. It was pretty intense. Um, but. Cross the roads a lucky bar and they play a lot of those games during the daytime and yeah. see a lot of people in them jerseys marching in there and everything like yeah. that. Sure. Real
1: Madrid, my soccer team, actually has a bar in DC that is an official Real Madrid fan bar. Oh wow. It's elephant and Castle.
0: Oh, I know it's, the Elephant and Castle next to Le Haz.
1: There's two locations. One location is a Barcelona bar and the other one is a Real Madrid bar and mm-hmm. those are the rival teams in Spain. And the Real Madrid bar during games gets bananas like everybody comes in in jerseys you cannot get a seat it's mm-hmm. really fun and I think they're gonna do World Cup games too so I'm super excited
0: that's fucking great speaking of which so that elephant and castle is right next to Leha, which was Anthony Bourdain's thing in New York City but it was also one in D.C. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. it's now closed, I think. Um, I had a buddy that used to bartend there or whatever. He was kind of a sleazeball. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout out to BD's ball friend.
0: Yeah, in fact, I- I'm reading this Google and this Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain is glad Ha closed its D.C. location. This is 2010, and now I'm going to find out why, and I hope it was because that dude I knew was a piece of shit, <laughs> and Bourdain knew it too. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I didn't even know he had any restaurants here, but I guess it closed down before my time.
0: Yeah. Okay, so then he said Jose Andres was a hero. Alan Richmond was a douchebag. David Chang, the future of dining. You were telling me about I told you, yeah, we were podcast. talking about David
1: Chang right before we started recording because we were talking about Anthony Bourdain and stuff, and I've just been a big fan of uh, says, David Chang's show on Netflix.
0: Leha closed its doors in D.C. in Leha, Miami, changed ownership. Thank God, the way I look at it, they were always in my experience a drag on the reputation and finances of the mothership on Park Avenue with a successful downtown branch of John Street. Still love those two restaurants, still swing by whenever I can and I'm much relieved that their bastard cousins in the hinterlands have stopped being a problem.
1: What? Wow.
0: Fuck yeah. So if you're out there listening you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know who he's talking about. <laughs> Don't make me say your name. Um, But so Bourdain.
1: I mean, what a really sad, sad thing. And I think I think what struck so many people about it is you really don't know what mental illness. Well, where I guess mental illness can really strike, like from an outsider's perspective. Right. You look at Anthony Bourdain, like what a life, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy just got to travel eat him incredible food Mm -hmm. and he always spoke his mind it just seems like anything anything so many of us yeah yeah it's like what's what's wrong with this situation but mental health is it doesn't necessarily see things clearly and plus we don't know what was going on in his world anyway
0: no we don't i mean i had some inklings into what may have been going on because i started kind of reading about him i barely Uh knew anything about the guy until yesterday i just knew that like Hot white chicks kind of, like, indulged in his show, so I was always kind of like, <laughs> all right, I have to at least, like, pretend I like this guy, but I right. don't know any fucking thing about him. Right. Um, And then yesterday when I was looking through some of the tributes, my uh, buddy Apache Ramos, Apache was in the movie The Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, he played. Have you, you've seen that movie? I have not. Oh, fucking great cult classic New York gang film from '79, directed mm-hmm. by Walter Hill. Guy did uh, 48 Hours and a uh, oh. whole bunch of other great fucking gangster films. Or not gangster, but action films. Mm-hmm. So Apache Ramos plays kind of the right hand man in this low name gang called the orphans Mm -hmm. and he says like we're gonna rain on you warriors and he's a kind of goofy looking guy he's pudgy he's got like a big fro but i became friends with him on facebook and he would comment on my shit he's really cool we do some of the same professional stuff outside of like entertainment you know Mm -hmm. and he would call, leave messages on my birthday and shit like that. Oh, that's like, so nice. Those are the
1: people you really remember, by the yeah. way. And that's the way to really be remembered to someone. Just call them on their birthday and say happy birthday. People remember that. Fuck yeah. Just like the little thoughtful things. And how long does it really take you to do that? Right. You know?
0: And he put up a picture saying, you know, what up to Bourdain. I don't know if he was ever on his show or anything like that, but. Burdain in one episode had a Warriors t-shirt on. Oh really? Yeah and I was like oh that's so fucking cool because that's one of my favorite movies so I was like I posted up a pic of him in that shirt being like now I know I gotta do my homework whatever. So I started kind of like looking into it because I had those same thoughts and part of me was like see this is what I don't like whenever like a famous celebrity kills themselves because they're sort of like Put up on this thing where people are like, you know, it just goes to show you, like, mental illness can always, like, penetrate no matter how famous, successful, cool someone's life may seem like. You never know. And, yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, you have, you know, maybe somebody from an existential point of view with that life says something like, hey, you know what? I've done it all. Maybe all this shit now is, like, boring to me.
1: Well, and also, I think a lot of people connect themselves to a lot of these famous people in a way that doesn't really make sense because you don't know these people at the end. And they're sort of thought of as not human in a way if right. they're famous. And that's just not correct. I mean, no. we're, we all are human. We all have sort of similar struggles and ups and downs and all these things. And I think there's a lot of incorrect perception on fame. because yeah. I think everybody thinks fame is this like amazing, great thing. There's a lot of, Of negative things that come with being famous. I mean,
0: even local fame sucks dick sometimes, (laughs) you know?
1: Right. And listen, this is going to sound a little bit cocky, but because of my telenovela past, Mm -hmm. I've been around some people that were really famous Mm -hmm. in Latin America, right? And there were times where, you know, I'd go out to lunch while we were shooting something with some of my co stars, and like, they cannot get through a meal at a restaurant Mm. because people are coming up and asking for pictures. Every two minutes yeah. And like that seems cool In the beginning But imagine if that was your life Yeah You know like I had a very close friend of mine Who Was a personal assistant To a really famous comedian I'm not gonna say his name But Cause I don't wanna Mess up stuff for my friend But a very very famous comedian That we all Know and love Right mm-hmm. And the day that This comedian hired my friend This comedian said he, he lived in New York And he said I want you to walk down the block with me Just so you know what it's like Mhm. And they go outside, walk one block in New York. It took over an hour because people were freaking out. Freaking out. I mean, every like every step, can I have a picture? Can I talk to you? Yeah. It's cool in the beginning, but after a while, like you just want to walk down the block. Yeah. Like it's just simple things that you can't do.
0: Yeah.
1: Like everything you want to do is an extra step. And I think With fame, people get very in their heads about what's loyalty, who's really your friend. You know, everyone wants to be friends with X name famous person. Yeah. But do they really want to be your friend for you? Right. And I'm sure famous people get asked for favors a lot. All the time. Everybody, you know, everybody that you think is your friend, actually they want X, Y, or Z. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there's a huge dark side to it that a lot of people don't understand, and I think that's why you see a lot of famous people suffering from all these things, because I think if you don't have a good support system, getting famous can be pretty mentally difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely think it drains you. I think the fame, in some respect, is bullshit. On the one hand, yeah, you couldn't do entertainment without it and make right. b- above a certain amount of money, most likely, unless you're, like, writing or behind the scenes right. or whatever, and even then, no, you're never going to be, like, cream of the crop money. But right. maybe at some point you just get cool with that. Because I really do think it is deadly. Um, Fame? Even, yeah. You think it's deadly? Even just the way that, like, you know, we as non-famous people, but maybe locally famous to some respects. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love every day in my city walking down the street and running into somebody I kind of know to know to... Has seen me perform, I never met, but really liked what I did and all of that. But I mean, imagine multiplying that by a hundred or something, and or not to mention like even just on social media, like I get fucking requests from people who see me at a show I've right. never met. And I try to honor them. I try to like connect or whatever. But I've taken a break from social media because then the thing is, once you like accept people, then they're like, "Oh, now I got an audience with this guy, and I'm right. gonna comment on their threads." And right. I'm like, I don't care about you. it sounds so disrespectful, but like I don't really think about y'all because I don't know you like that. Right? Would right. I friend you? Like, what the fuck? Right. Um.
1: Well, I mean, it's like <laughs> I mean. In, you know, some of the shows I did got a lot of attention. And I remember the first show I did, the first talent I did, got a lot of audience very quickly. So my very first episode that I was on, people commented on Twitter. It was one of those things where people live commented on Twitter as the episode was going on mm-hmm. So obviously my first episode I went and started reading everything people were saying about me It was the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life and Yeah, People were destroying I mean saying such mean, mean oh, yeah. things about my looks About the way I was acting Just destroying me to a point where I started doing it every few episodes And the producer of the show Had to talk to me And he was like listen You just have to remember a very small percentage of people that watch this comment. Mm -hmm. You know, he was like, when you watch shows, would you ever comment on Twitter about how ugly a person was the whole time? (laughs) I was like, probably not. Yeah. And he was like, that's what you have to remember. Most people, this is a very small percentage. Most people aren't doing this. So after that, I stopped engaging with people at all on social media just because it's just not good for your mental health. No, it isn't. You know, I just write what I do. I share what I can. You know, for anybody that follows me, I try to share stuff that would be entertaining to them, but I don't engage. I don't engage in any comments, whether they be complimentary or not, mm-hmm. just because you just don't know where it would lead. And it's just not good for you mentally. Yeah. You know, because also, I think when you're famous, people feel that they can just say whatever you want because you're not human. Right. Mm-hmm. You're indestructible. So you can, right. Right. And you. how can, am I going to hurt them? Right, and you can opinionate whatever way you want, too. Mm-hmm. Like, all the time when I would get recognized, people would always, like, comment on, like, my weight. I'd be, like, in gym clothes, mm-hmm. you know, and people would come up and be like, wow, you're a lot prettier in person. Yeah. And it's like, thanks?
0: Yeah, that's fucked up. Well,
1: yeah, what is, like, what am I supposed to do with that?
0: Uh, nothing.
1: Or people would be like, oh, I thought you'd be taller. You know, just stuff like that where you're like... What gives you the right Mm -hmm. to go up and say that? I feel like if it was any other woman, you would never go up and say that stuff. But because I'm on TV, I'm somehow not human.
0: Or you might. But the fact of the matter is not with anybody you had to deal with, like, repeatedly or something. So people say, hey, I'm already removed from this person. This is my one window to get that fucking comment in. Exactly. And pow, there we go. Now, I have said horrible things about people on Twitter before. I won't lie. But there, but if I did see them in public, I still would say that, to them. <laughs> just because that's who of I am. Of course you
1: would. Yeah, I also think. I mean, this might be fucked up, but I also think comedians get a little bit of a hall pass. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do okay. because there's an intelligence behind most of the comments that most comedians make about stuff. Right. So I think, and it's part of our profession.
0: Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's not for me, though. Like, I'll admit, like, I know better. Like, I know when I'm going to say something and it's going to really fucking go ballistic and hurt somebody or whatever. Be perceived as something that could hurt somebody, and rightfully so. But I'm like... I just don't give a fuck. You go for the joke. Sarah Sanders can eat my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's such a fucking terrible person that fair. You know, ad hominem attacks are not like above me, and like like, certain fans, usually liberals. I hate to say that because I'm one of that coop politically right but you know in terms of they're like oh take the high road bullshit that they're always preaching and like you can't go low which in a way is sort of a denial of your own humanity is like yeah I don't subscribe to that like hey you're gonna fucking listen to this person lie and like diminish people of color diminish women diminish your own fucking sex and then you get mad when I call her like a fat ass cunt or something crazy you know like right fuck off.
1: Yeah, do you think? Do you think a lot of people that were liberals were as disgusted with Michelle Wolf as people on the other side were? Yes, yes. most of the criticism I saw of her were, was conservative.
0: Yeah, no, I actually do think that. I because there were people I'm not going to name them because they're in my own family. But oh, like, really? Yeah, I mean, around like you know, going out to eat with certain members of the family, usually older people they're, you know, they'll say, well, we're from a different time. And I kind of get that, but on the other hand, I'm like, hey, fuck these people, you know. Like, who cares? But they'll say, eh, I don't know if that was, like, the classiest thing. And then, like, Chris Matthews, whose program I watch most nights, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm – in or whatever, checking out some news, he capitulated and was like, you know, because of Trump doing all this negative shit he's been doing or whatever, this or that, Michelle Wolf feels free to go below the belt, too, or something like that. And I was like, are you fucking crazy?
1: I don't think she went below the belt at all. I think it was hilarious. Yeah. And I think it's to be expected when you hire a comedian, especially if you hire a political comedian who's on something like The Daily Show. Yeah. I think... That's what to expect. And by the way, she's not the first comedian to perform at a White House Correspondents Dinner who's done like a roast. Right. Right. And it was hilarious. I think if it's funny, anything goes. That's my personal rule as far as offensive things and when things are correct to say or not. I think as long as the joke is actually funny, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Like if somebody insulted me in a way that was actually funny... I, I mean, it's forgivable, mm-hmm. I think, rather than someone who just says something mean. Do you know the yeah. difference? Yeah. I feel like there's a big difference with, like, yeah, I do. creative joke writing versus just being nasty. And I thought she was being really creative and funny.
0: Yeah, I did, too. I did, too. I think they thought because she went so... But they were kind of trying to twist a couple of her jokes to mean something else that it didn't mean. And then saying, now that we've interpreted what you've meant, in this way, now will slam you as, like, an ad hominem thing. Uh, Right. uh, There was something with, like, the smoky eye. Yeah, yeah. People made
1: it seem like she was commenting on her looks.
0: Yeah. Which
1: it wasn't. Which I was. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't take it as a comment on her looks at all. Yeah. Like, I thought, A, it's the way she does her makeup, which is not how someone actually looks themselves anyway. And the way that the – I don't remember the exact joke. But the way that the joke was constructed, she was saying that the smoky eye was great. Well, she it was like if you burn down something and then use it to make a great smoky eye. I forget the you joke.
0: Burn down uh facts or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn
1: facts and could make a great smoky, smoky eye. eye. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. And that's not personally insulting no. to her looks at all. No. And that's what people were like, oh, it's a woman on woman
0: Takedown. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it was like, no. That <laughs> that's not how I took it See, at all.
0: This is my problem. It's like, I will do ad hominem attacks and not give a shit. Yeah, what comes back to get me, I'll take it gladly. But on the other hand, I'm asking other people, use a fucking ethical ledger. Like, think of the harm this person does on a grand scale to the national (laughs) fabric of press, media, truth, the people it hurts. And then... Ask if you really should give a shit if you throw something below the belt. Right. Are you such a hero now for, like, chiding me? Like, a, a couple of people blocked me because I... Really? Yeah, I didn't even say what I said earlier on this episode, which Samantha B also said that I had to apologize for But uh, <laughs> okay. most recently. But I said something about... This is a while ago, so I'm trying to remember it. But it was something to the effect of, like, how can she... Or she said something about her dad being some kind of protector or whatever, and uh-huh. I was like, how can you say that when your father couldn't even protect you from the dangers of, like, childhood obesity or something like that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he was this big, if you know the history, he was this big advocate for having lost, like, a whole lot of weight. That was something oh, really? he ran his gubernatorial campaign platform on down in Arkansas. That he'd suffered from like obesity and all this, and he stopped eating all this McDonald's and ran all these miles and lost like 100 pounds and everything. And then he gained back later. But that'll happen. I, I'm like, hey, your daughter's my age, and take a look at her, guy. You know, like, yeah. what kind of role model. Are you talking about like the family values or so. that i think it was right. in conjunction with that because she was trying to say that like you know the typical republican line of like we're the family values party and we like to protect right. our families from all the corruption and i'm like take a look at your house
1: yeah teach your kids how to eat speaking mm. of how to eat
0: ah, ah you thought i forgot no, i don't know, for no. people out there
1: listening i don't know if you listen to Episode 2 I tried to get Petey to give me a food journal Because he wants to try to get healthier And I know a lot about that So I tried to get him to journal everything he eats For a week and give it to me And we could talk about how he could clean it up
0: And I took a half measure I kept the journal but I didn't bring it today Yeah
1: of course of course (whistles) Sure sure (whistles)
0: So regardless We're going to keep that journal going Yes and yes, we are. I, but I'll tell you basically what I've been eating the last week. It's not okay. too different from weeks previous. So okay. So most mornings I start out with no breakfast, which is probably a horrible terrible. thing to do. Terrible. Um, I get to work around 7. I'll have about 2 to 3 cups of coffee mm-hmm. just to get the motor going by about 11.30. Know, now more like 1.
1: What do you put in your coffee?
0: I put nothing. I take Just it black. black. Yeah. Really? Actually, Not even I'm tr- no, sugar anything? No sugar or cream. I, that's okay. one thing where I think I excel at. Yeah, that's right. Because in in the people in the office think I'm fucking crazy. They yeah. don't even say, like, hey, sociopaths drink their coffee black. It's yeah. a good <laughs> joke, you know? Um, But. I take it black, and then about one one thirty, I'll usually go get a lunch because then I'm like, all right, I'm over halfway through my workday. So, so you I'm don't excited. eat. You
1: wake up at what time? Five thirty. You wake up at five thirty, and you don't eat till one thirty.
0: On work days, yeah.
1: That's terrible. Okay, That's what do you awful. have for lunch usually?
0: I Usually go to Wendy's.
1: <laughs> Fuck. It's P. gonna be a hard journal, right? Yeah, Petey. It's terrible. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I have like, you know, two Junior Bacons, maybe like a medium chocolate Frosty.
1: Terrible. Terrible.
0: I still look better than Huckabee.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> True. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Thank you.
0: And then um, dinner, I don't know, it just kind of varies based on what Mom puts on the table. You know, like, okay. More fucking meatloaf. No. Um, like, I usually get like a good green salad. Okay. I take a big walk. Every okay, day. that's one good thing I do. I take about a five to six mile walk okay. um get back home. have a big green salad and then you know to pet if she's cooked salmon or lasagna or fucking, okay um you know, and then maybe like a little ice cream then I go to bed.
1: Oh, okay, do you ever do late night food?
0: The latest I go, because, again, I have to wake up super early, so yeah. I, go, I try to go to bed no later than 10. So oh, maybe wow. the latest I'll eat a dessert. And I've heard, too, don't eat dessert. That's no. like a good thing to
1: do. Um, no, none <laughs> of this is a good thing to do. No, okay. Yeah, all right. none of this. this like, is dinner is bad. okay, but it depends. <laughs> you know, like, lasagna, <laughs> oh, there's a big shit. difference between lasagna and salmon.
0: Okay, all And right. a little bit of ice cream. Yeah. I'd like to
1: see how much ice cream.
0: Mm, yeah. All right, so let's hear the Elena Torres recommendation.
1: Okay. Well, first off, you have to eat breakfast. Okay. Because half of what sort of dieting and eating healthy is is not getting too hungry ever. Right. Because if you're starving, you're going to just eat whatever's in front of you and not be able to make choices and usually eat like shit. Right. So the first thing you have to change Mm -hmm. is eat breakfast. Okay. Because that will inform your lunch in a way healthier way Okay So Usually in the morning Like in the morning I don't really function really well And usually I need a quick breakfast hmm So Usually I'll do A pack of oatmeal Okay And I'll do it in the microwave Now the super super healthy people Will be like Microwaves are terrible but Yeah Whatever I do what I gotta do I just do oatmeal with water In, a mi- in the microwave With banana Okay And oatmeal's really filling It's carbs So it gets you going Mm-hmm and it'll last you till lunch and it takes a minute and a half okay. to make. So that's what I do. It's just fast and it's easy. Okay. Josh also, when I met him, didn't eat breakfast. <laughs> and now I got him doing it. He likes eggs. So like he'll take, you know, sunny side up eggs with like tomato or something in the morning. That's made a big difference. Or even if he's in a super hurry, just the eggs and he'll like hard boil them and eat them when he's walking out the door. Right You'll have like a bunch of hard boiled eggs in the fridge or something Sure So the first thing that's got to change is you got to have breakfast Okay Either a protein like eggs with some sort of like tomato and avocado something like that Or oatmeal is really good What if I have
0: oatmeal and two scrambled eggs or is that too much
1: No no that's great Okay That's great Okay Yeah and that'll that'll keep you really really filled up Okay For a while Lunch at Wendy's has just got to stop. Okay, that's just got to fucking go. Like not like the yeah. Wendy's help. Like that's just you got you got to go somewhere else. Yeah. There's got to be something else near your work. There's a
0: Harris Teeter like about a mile. There you I go. Walk there and get yeah. something. What should I get for lunch? A salad. Yeah,
1: that would be the best. Okay. I mean, a salad with, you know, different either chicken or protein or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of good places in D.C. where you can get bowls like that. Like, everyone's going to make fun of me, but kava's a really good one. If you mm-hmm. don't want feel I like salad kava. and you want ca- – kava's delicious mm-hmm. and pretty healthy. So either get, like, a bowl from kava or, I mean, any of these places, like a chopped or any of those that are actually healthy. And Harris Teeter is a great option. Okay. And that's cheaper anyway because if you go get it from the grocery store yeah. and make your own salad – That would be the absolute healthiest option.
0: What if I just ate like straight fruit at breakfast or lunch? Is that
1: fruits too sugary? I mean, a lot of people swear on fruit Mm -hmm. that lead healthy lifestyles. I personally am against it just because it does, even though it's good sugar, Mm -hmm. it does raise your sugar. It won't keep you full. Right. Like, I think the real battle in dieting is just like staying full. Sure. And fruit won't keep you full. If you have a little piece of fruit with your salad, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what keeps you full is protein. Okay. So, like, a lot of chicken. There's nothing wrong with steak, in my opinion, as long as the beef is good quality. Right. Chicken, steak, whatever. You put that in a salad or put that in anything where you're getting all your nutrients at once. Okay. You know, like a little bit of green, you know, some beans of some kind, you know, some vegetables of some kind. How about drinks?
0: Just water.
1: I mean, just water is the best, but I'd be hypocritical to tell you something different because I'm drinking a Diet Coke right mm-hmm. now. You know, on the weekends, I let myself have Diet Coke because mm-hmm. I don't drink anything else. Mm. So that's where, yeah. you know, I think if you're having, like, you're drinking a full Coke right now, that's got to go because that's, like, super high in sugar. Okay. That's that's actually, like, the worst thing for you is sodas like that. Oh, man. That's got to go. That and the Wendy's has got to go. If you right. need a soda, have a Diet Coke instead. Okay. If the real best thing if you need bubbles just get like a sparkling water of some kind
0: just drink water
1: yeah just water is better and then your dinners sound fine just cut out
0: ice doing cream. dessert yeah. and if
1: you want to give yourself a treat let yourself have ice cream on the weekends
0: yeah I think that's smart
1: you know cause you have to I do think you also have to have cheat days mm-hmm. cause if not it's just not realistic and you'll end up like Samantha Bee's dad and just gain it all back so oh or you mean oh, Huckabee's dad oh yeah, yeah Huckabee's yeah. dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: That's good. Well, those yeah. are good things.
1: Yeah. So, hopefully, and if you're out there listening, you can follow some of these tips.
0: And you can follow Petey still if he doesn't look like he's losing any fucking weight. You know, just...
1: Feel free to troll him on the yeah. internet, even though we just talked about how trolling is not okay.
0: Mm-mm. You can say whatever you want to me, but just don't touch me or I'll kick
1: your ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, say whatever you want to Petey, but just expect a faster. Way more creative comeback. Yeah, like no. yeah, just like that.
0: Um. Okay, so now um, we definitely want to talk about some of the things coming to the DC Draft House. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a really great week. Uh, starting Tuesday, June twelfth uh, at seven p.m. There's the Draft House Comedy Level Two sketch writing. And live audience performance, so that's from the sketch writing class if you want to see what they've done and their sketches live and in stereo. That'll be here. Uh, Wednesday, June 13th, uh, Starstruck Entertainment uh, has the Nick Snow birthday bash, and that's a bunch of different comics. That'll be $10 at the door. And then Thursday, June 14th, the Overachievers show with uh, a great local comic, Martin Amini. That'll be... At 8 30. It's a really popular show at DC Draft House. You can get fifteen dollar tickets online. And we suggest doing that because that show definitely does sell out. And it'll be twenty dollars at the door. And it's got a great lineup. Kason Wilson is there. Matt Reif from MTV is there. Lafayette Wright is there. Oh,
0: Sonny Crockett in the house. Yeah, it'll
1: be it'll be a great, great show. And then Friday the fifteenth and Saturday the sixteenth at seven and nine PM, Sean Patton will be here. And those tickets are twenty bucks. That'll be great.
0: Plus Tack of the Comics every Friday night, ten thirty PM, Heywood C. Junior.
1: That's a great, great show. I just did it this past Friday. It was a lot of fun. I highly recommend that one.
0: And our Saturday open mic, ten thirty PM, the sixteenth. And make sure to know that if you follow us on IG, Twitter, I
1: G yeah, Instagram, Instagram <laughs>
0: Countercurrents D C or Currents D C on Twitter. Um, or our Facebook page, CounterCurrents Podcast. And we pick people at random who follow us to win You know, three pairs of free tickets to Sean Patton. So that's something you want to do, get involved with. Come see a show, check us out, enjoy the D.C. Draft House, Sands Charge. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah,
1: yeah, and keep an eye on the Facebook page after you follow it because there have been times where we give out free tickets and people don't see so, you know, if you keep your eye out, you'll get a free ticket for this weekend, and if not, follow us next week, and then maybe you can get it for next weekend. So, That's it. it's a great deal.
0: Yeah, Free is always great. Mm-hmm. So, um, before we get out of here, we want to encourage you all to follow us. We did on our, you know, general page, but you could also... Get Elena on
1: Facebook. It's Elena Torres. Uh, if you go on Instagram, it's Elena Blondita. And on Twitter, it's Elena Torres. Yeah,
0: Steelborn DC on IG. That's all I got. They kicked me off Twitter. I kicked myself off Facebook. You still aren't on Facebook. again? Yeah, no. They won't fucking bring back Steelborn DC. No way. Yeah. I've complained. I got nothing. They don't wow. want to, they're fascists. They don't wow. want to hear me.
1: What's up with Twitter? Twitter, if you're listening, give PD his time back, and you, you don't even know why they kicked you no. off, right?
0: Well, they said I threatened violence, but then they wouldn't what? say what what I did. I said that's not specific enough. I need details. Yeah, or I'll fucking kick your ass. <laughs> 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 but you know, um,
1: and do you have any shows coming up this week that you want to tell everybody about? This
0: week, no, but get ready because the 27th, if you're out anywhere near Parkville, Maryland. 8 p.m., my girl Wendy Townsend from 98 Rock is hosting this. And she produces it, and I'm going to be headlining doing 30, 40 minutes or so way out there in Parkville at Ye old Emerald Tavern, Parkville, Maryland. It's going to be fantastic. It's a $5 cover. I'm there. Jared Stern's there. Um, Mike Moran will be in the house. There will be some good people, so come through to that.
1: That's cool. And I will be at State Theater, which is one of my favorite shows to do in D.C. I love that place. Yeah, on Saturday, June 16th. That's in Virginia. I really suggest you come. It's one of the best shows in the area. It's a big theater. You know, the comics will get to go really big. We have longer sets. It's a lot of fun. You should come by. That's
0: great. All right. Well, uh, we definitely want to give a shout-out to everybody who um, you know, it's important. The DC Draft House and DC comedy in general, and we'll be back next week on PD Steele.
1: I'm Elena Torres. Thanks for listening. Peace.